We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey, and today the wonderful Miss Adrian is here. Hello. All month long this month, we've been talking about strategic social media. We've covered persona and tone. We've covered choosing the right platform. Adrian, what are we going to cover this week? We are going to cover content planning. It's maybe one of my most favorite things to talk about. I love talking about it, too. I know you've put together a bit of an outline and you've got a blog post that's in the work. So why don't you walk us through the outline and I will interject when color is needed. Okay. Well, I kind of have boiled it down into six steps and there could be little many things within each step, but there's basically six kind of six phases that you need to go into when you start to content plan. Okay. And keep in mind that when you first start to content plan, you need to have your persona maybe in a picture frame staring at you while you're doing this. Oh, I love that. You know, look at them and be like, okay, okay, Stacy, Okay, Andy. I see you. Or whatever their names are. And you need to call them by their names. Mm-hmm. They're real. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the first thing you need to do is consider where you are now. A lot of people kind of launch into social media by the seat of their pants. And there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, a lot of people do it. (laughs) (laughs) But to do it strategically and to waste the least amount of time possible, you need to kind of just assess where you are now. You could be at zero. So that means you have zero platforms. You have nothing, right? That's a push starting from absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. So that's fine. Or maybe you have social channels that you have been doing kind of like randomly or you've been flying by the seat of your pants and that's fine. But what you need to do is take a three month back view and just be like, all right, this is what we have been doing. Kind of note generally how many times you've been posting per week. You can be really detailed with this or you could be just kind of do a cursory view. You can, you know, take a half a day, look at it, write some notes down and notice some things and start to like find some patterns. Some of the things that I like to look at when I'm working with a new client and I'm like setting a baseline that's saying, okay, before we implement this strategy, what have we gotten so far? I'm looking at how many followers and likes we have on each page, right? I'm looking at what the average number of engagements are per post. I'm looking at what type of people are following us. You know, is it more male? Is it more female? What age range? What location? If we haven't been intentional before this point, it's interesting to see what has just naturally come to be without that intention. Exactly. Yeah. It's really great. So you kind of see where you are now. It's kind of like one of those things when you want to fix a car or give yourself a makeover or anytime you want to change something, 
strategically and with intention, you have to have a good look at what you're working with, right? That's kind of the... That's what I was just thinking, like a good hard look in the mirror. Exactly. Sometimes where companies kind of trip up, because this is the most important step and the step that a lot of people don't take, maybe you have honed in on a new persona type or even a new product, or maybe you realize that you need to reposition yourself And that's why you are getting new social media channels or refining them, right? Well, if you don't look at what you've already done and you kind of just continue on with what you're doing, you're going to get more of the same. Yes. But if you look back at at the past and you're you're like, okay, well, all the people that have been liking our stuff are different than the persona we are trying to reach right now. So that means that we need to alter our content and what what kind of happens is our ego is not our amigo as (laughs) the skateboarder tony alva says it's my favorite quote of like all time but what happens is oh you feel like oh i've done all this work i know my product and i think it's just fine and we're just going to keep on going what we're doing and we're not going to change anything or we were kind of kind of going to change some things but not truly and so The step one is assessing and choosing to change. The first step is the hardest step. I like it. It is acknowledging that there probably are things that you need to change. You know, if you're at that point, you're far better off than quite a few other people managing social media accounts. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Fabulous. So that's number one. What's number two? Okay. After you have all your notes, get a calendar. And this is a point where whoever your team is, it's really fun to find out whether or not they're visual learners or they're audio learners. No matter what they like to do, you need to get a calendar. You can even like write it on a whiteboard. You could get a physical calendar. You can create a spreadsheet on your computer. You can do a Google calendar. There's just like so many ways, but you need to kind of visualize and look at calendar year ahead of you. So for you, I'm wondering if it impacts one thing versus another. Does it impact your content flow? Does it impact your content flow in relation to days of the week, in relation to national days, holidays, seasons? You know, what's the purpose of having this calendar? There's a couple of reasons. Number one is to make sure you get all the the gimme days, right? Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. If you're a cookie baking company and you realize on December 22nd that you haven't planned anything for Christmas, you've just blown an entire season of social media marketing. You know what I mean? Season. Uh, And you'd be surprised (laughs) how often this happens. Like there are national days. Like I have a client that is in the aerospace industry and there's a national look up at the sky day. Like how perfect. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, So perfect. And some of these days, like I said, gimme days are like, you know, Christmas or New Year's or or days that are Mother's Day. Mother's Day that everyone knows about. Those are days that you, if it makes sense for your brand, you should be talking about them. There's other days like national days or um, even seasons like fall is back to school or fall is Halloween time. Just being aware of like what other people are also like doing <laughs> and what's in their life. <laughs> Pumpkin spice season 
is huge on the internet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Although I've noticed, I tracked it in Google Trends last year, and last year's mentions of pumpkin spice or PSL went down somewhat compared to the year before. So I'm just saying maybe pumpkin spice season has hit its crest. Right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> But yeah, so so getting a calendar, because honestly, sometimes when you see what other people in the world are going through, that can also kind of inspire new ideas, you know, being in touch with what people's day to day lives are going to be like, right? Exactly. They change based on holidays, based on seasons, depending on who your demographic is, which is why, you know, you brought up at the beginning, having them framed in front of you so that you're thinking, okay, yes, I see this calendar, but this calendar is backed by you, the persona who we're trying to reach. Exactly. Yeah. So the calendar reason is number one to kind of align your brand with the rhythm of of the real world. And number two is to get alignment from your team. You know, when you're brainstorming and content planning, you can make it all messy. That's why I really advocate for a whiteboard. But ultimately, you're going to want like a, a shared spreadsheet or a Google Doc or something If you're on a social media team, to make sure that the owners above you all can see it. They might have some overall business goals that it might not appear obvious from everyone that you need to have social media talking about this or at least understand and know that it's coming. This could be a new product rollout and maybe your customers are going to be DMing you on social media. And if the social media team doesn't know about this, they're going to get a bunch of random questions that they have no idea. So kind of like for PR, you know, just kind of knowing what's coming. But then another thing is that social media is your brand's voice. And so to really get an aligned brand voice and then so that people kind of looking at your brand will know truly and transparently what your brand is doing, you really need to have the people in charge knowing what your social media calendar is. You've used the word rhythm a few times, and I think that word is very applicable. I think everybody needs to understand the rhythm that content comes out because there are times when you're working with a team, especially where somebody thinks they can just drop a piece of content in your lap and put it out and it's going to work wonderfully, right? And as a social media manager, that's like your worst nightmare is like, listen, I've got a rhythm to things, you know, and we're priming people for specific messages. And if you have something important, it needs to be put into rhythm, not just dropped because that will sound horrible. Exactly. Yeah. And we all know that social media is kind of the it's the handshake or it's the top of the funnel and having the calendar and making everyone on your team feel like they're involved, they know what's going on. You can educate them on why it's so important and it'll just create a better team overall. So I love it. (laughs) Okay. What's number three? Number three is very important. (laughs) Number three is, uh, I call it pretend that you're a human. (laughs) Just pretend for a second that you're a human. Pretend that you're a human. And what we mean by this is before you start writing down content plans and and coming up with these campaigns that go over months and months and months or over a couple weeks or, or whatever it is, put yourself back into your persona's shoes and just imagine what kind of content they would want to see and what would be valuable to them and what would make them trust you and come to you for that source of information, whatever it is. 
because it's not about, did I write this well? Do I sound smart? You know, does this sound like it's in line and saying all of our features properly? Because none of that actually matters, right? Nope. (laughs) What matters is how the content is received by the person who you're intending to have it received by. Exactly. This kind of comes in from my work in user experience or UX is that number one, people don't read. If it's hard to read, they're not going to read it. If they use really long words and if it's hard to understand quickly, people are just going to scroll right by. Even if your audience is rocket scientists, rocket scientists are humans. And especially on social media. Yeah. You know, if that's the platform, the medium that we're using to talk to people. Exactly. Right. It's not where you post your peer-reviewed studies. No. No. And if you do post your peer-reviewed studies, they better be in a friggin' well-designed infographic using small, simple, elegant language that normal people would use. Broadcast news was my education. And so what we were taught at that time was to have this conversational tone, right? It wasn't written journalism where people would sit and read. It was television broadcasting where you're communicating something very short, a very complex idea and story in a short amount of time and in a conversational tone. Mm-hmm. When people try on social media to, to go outside of that conversational tone is when their readers will glaze over and get passed over. Right. Exactly. Yep. So step three, pretend that you're human. Just pretend for a minute. Okay. Even <laughs> Just pretend. <laughs> okay. Number four. Okay. So, and then we get into like the nitty gritty. Then we plan out the thing. We plan out content that humans would enjoy. So now that you have your calendar, you have some ideas, you kind of have a bone structure, right? Your calendar is your bone structure. you got your regular holidays. you got, you know, Halloween, really important, and all the other holidays. <laughs> you, here's what here's what Adrian cares about. <laughs> Halloween and pumpkin spice season, apparently. Like, what is that? That's the only thing on your mind right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. So you have your structure. We often have a writer's room or, a, you know, we've had a podcast before about tossing around ideas. But basically, you start to come up with other ideas, like whether or not you're selling a product or a service. You drill into what are we selling, you know? What are the features of it? What problem are we solving? What story should we tell? Do we have testimonials that people can give us? Do we have some user-generated content that we can share too? I like to kind of call it the low-hanging fruit because, you know, if you go on to maybe any of those review sites and you have good and positive reviews, you can ask people and say, hey, can we reuse this? And it actually can kind of fill out your calendar quickly before you even know. (laughs) What's, got, what's happened? I always think an important part of this step that helps inform my content planning is what access to visuals do we have? You know? Yes. Do we have photos already? What do they look like? What kind of messages are they putting out? Are we planning a photo shoot? Is there video content? And really looking through what visuals we have for social media helps me to design some of the campaigns that I'm working on with clients too. Definitely. In a time before COVID, I would probably have said the first thing you do is think about visuals and plan your Mm -hmm. photo shoot. (laughs) 
but now we're getting a little bit creative and we're and we're you know doing other things but also when you sort of plan out content that humans would enjoy kind of think about the new tools i feel like with covid the new way that 2020 is taking us there's tons of like streaming opportunities there's video going on i'm seeing a lot of companies that will like have their employees or people just like take a a video of themselves and like upload that as content. And it's not fancy, it's not high quality production value, but it's very real in the moment. And so, you know, a lot of streaming services are kind of refining their workflows there. And there's some new tools like Instagram has awesome tools. So you can kind of like pick out the tools that you like. And then you're like, all right, we want to use the question sticker on Instagram. What are we going to plan for that? Like we're going to have, you know, one per week. What questions are we going to have? So those can also kind of help you come up with content as well. One thing that I've seen trending lately too is illustrations. Yep. So that can be kind of a creative answer to maybe some of your visual issues during this time as well. And people connect fairly well with that, right? It still has that human face element, but in a way that's a little bit more ambiguous. Is that how you say it? I was trying to say like ambiguous. (laughs) It's okay. That's something else. (laughs) It's okay. We, you know, you're also a linguist. You can just make up words if you want to. I'm down for that. <laughs> so step four here, plan out the contents that humans would enjoy. Is this when you're kind of creating like the actual buckets of content that you're going to be putting out, you know? Yeah. Like this type of content we're going to put out twice a month. This type we're going to put out, etc. Yeah. And we could actually probably have a whole separate episode just on step four, but I call the the step one, the consider who you are, you know, the audit, get a calendar, and then pretend you're a human. Those three things are what I would call you're backing up to get ready. Mm, You know, mm -hmm. you're kind of preparing. You're just getting ready to go. And then four, you're freaking doing the work. Okay. And four, to do it, to do it, you know, like you're saying, in an organized fashion, it's really best to kind of give yourself some rails, like you're saying, like, Number one, we're going to have content that's related to our product. Number two, we're going to have content that is related to video content. And then number three, we have really awesome photos from from somebody and we're going to use those. And those are the three buckets of content. And we're going to have one post for each per week. So that's three per week, right? Before you know it, you're like, all right, we got three posts per week. Done. It's one of the most life-changing things that I do with clients, especially like consulting clients who have just been posting on their own for like a year, you know, and they're like, I'm doing my best, but I don't know, you know, what I could be doing better. And I'm like, okay, let's just like you said, create some rails, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to come up every single week, every single time that you're posting, you don't have to come up with something new because what actually ends up happening when you don't have those rails is that the content is actually homogenous. You end up writing the same thing over and over again because you don't have these specified rails to work within. It changes people's lives, my opinion. Also, once you say, okay, for the next three months, we're going to have three different kinds of content going out. And then once you start doing it, you can go back and look back and see a pattern. And see, oh my gosh, all the posts where we post about our owner. Maybe you have a series called Message from the Owner. And every week you have a little 
quote from the owner and they talk about something, right? Those posts are getting double the engagement mm. over everything else, right? And so once you start having like common themes for your content, you can start seeing patterns of what content performs well. One of my clients' cases, they're an aerospace manufacturer. They have a lot of amazing user-generated content pieces that people just send us for free. Those perform so well. If, if something happened and we had no other content and we just reposted awesome photos that people sent us, they would do pretty great. You know what this makes me think too is like step one is also step seven. <laughs> yes. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, because you're is. talking about going back and looking at those patterns because doing that is step one for the next strategy that you work on for the brand. Yep. Okay. But I skipped six. Well, you, you kind of skipped from four to six, but... Oh, I did. <laughs> step four is kind of like the brainstorm action. There has to be some sort of action where you brainstorm. Maybe you meet with other people. You have a writer's room, but you kind of just like talk it out. You can talk it out or you could write it out or whatever. Step five is when you sit down and you write the stuff out. Because honestly, if you try to mush them all together, it's hard. You're going to get better ideas and better content when you separate these two. When you sit and you kind of ramble on with your friends and you bounce ideas back and forth and you write them all down and you're really good at writing your down your ideas and then you stop, you wait a day and you come back to it and then you write down the sentences and the copy and you actually kind of finish it off. Yeah, this happened really just the other day when you and Jessica and I were working on a client, right? We did our interview with them and we talked about them. And then about a day and a half later, after we had done a little bit more work on their brand, I'm like, okay, so should their voice sound like this? That was nowhere near where my thought processes were 48 Mm -hmm. hours before. Mm -hmm. But after letting it sit and stew for a while, it just kind of comes to the top, right? You know? Yeah. So writing it all out, you know, it, it, that's kind of like the, the finished product. That's what people are going to be reading when they see your social media posts. And then step six is do the thing. <laughs> Schedule it. Put it up. Do it. One thing that you had there in number five, too, is ask people to help you make it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that little piece is something that's important. Why is that so helpful to not do it alone? Well, there's a little thing called writer's block (laughs) (laughs) having someone else who maybe has a different perspective or maybe has just a fresh mind take a look at it can really help you the other thing is depending on what product or service you're engaged with you might need to have a subject matter expert look at your content because sometimes you have a new client there might be some very specific i I don't want to say jargon but just turns a phrase, they use it to explain their specific product or industry that even though we're being conversational, we want to be conversational, we don't want to give it away that we're not in the know, you know? So I have some friends and colleagues who, you know, they gave me an idea for a caption and they said, you know, something about Insta. And I'm like, I don't know if we would call it Insta, you know, not with our personas. You can call it Instagram. You can call it IG. People in my demographic don't refer to the platform as that, right? No, exactly. There's a few hilarious comedians I follow on Instagram, and I've watched a few of their observations of Generation Z and how they speak. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a very young person in charge of your social media and you're like, make it conversational, make it conversational, 
you might not know what kind of slang they're going to be popping in there, you know, like you have no idea. So you want to be conversational, but obviously conversational to the persona that you originally had. People say, oh, social media is so easy. It's just easy, easy, easy. It is. Actually, it's kind of like being an actor, but like a writing actor almost. Oh, yeah. You know, because you are inhabiting the tone and persona of a brand and you're and sometimes multiple brands right multiple yes that explains some things actually <laughs> now that you're thinking about it oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so will you recap those steps for me succinctly so that we feel like we totally understand the campaign content planning process yes number one consider where you are now number two get a calendar number three pretend you are a human Number four, plan out content that humans would enjoy. Number five, write out all the content on the calendar and ask people to help you make it. And number six, do it. And then, well, number seven is just kind of goes back to number one. Yeah. (laughs) Do it all again. (laughs) Do it all again. And some people like to do the cycle in like monthly increments or every quarter. There's no cut and dry answer for that. Okay. All right. Great job on this. There are so many ways that we could take this instruction and direction on campaign planning. You could probably write this one piece of content seven different ways and be right all the way. I love the bullet points that you came up with, with the main focus being on really being human, you know, knowing who the humans are that you're reaching out to and keeping those humans in mind all the way through. Yes. You will win if you care about who the content is going to, their time, their energy, etc. Yeah. So at the end of every Spryspace podcast episode, we like to talk about where we've been working lately. So Adrian, do you have anywhere interesting that you've been working lately? <laughs> Since I have split personalities and I have, I'm a social media manager and I have like <laughs> six people living at me at once, I have been doing a lot more work kind of on my own channels, but talking about social media with people in my own life. So on my own Facebook page, on my own Instagram, and just kind of talking to them about social media. And since it's an election season, quite honestly, I just want everyone to be educated on how social media works. Yeah, you've done a really great job. So it's it's not so much of a physical space you've been inhabiting, but more of a digital space. And I like that. Yes. Maybe I religiously watch all of your Instagram stories and Facebook videos, okay? It's like one of my nightly activities, okay? If you don't do them, I'm disappointed. I'm just saying. The one most recently that I learned the most from was when you did a video educating people about the little I symbol on Facebook posts You can hover over this little I info symbol and it will tell you the domain name a shared link is coming from, how long that domain name has been purchased for, if that brand has an associated Facebook page, how long that's been around for. And I will tell you, I saw this like cute clothing brand that looked to me like a cute established clothing brand and it had clothes that I would buy. I hover over that I symbol. It tells me that the domain name was only purchased three months ago. And the one team member listed on the Facebook page is from a city in China. You know, it looked like it was this kind of local bohemian brand and it was not at all. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure it won't actually look like that when it comes to me because this is not very legitimate. So I'm going to choose not to. Yeah. All thanks to you. Oh, jeez. 
I'm blushing all the way over here. The other one that I was actually mad about was somebody posted this article and it had all of these pictures of like this satellite took these pictures of Jupiter and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And I'm like looking through these pictures. They're so beautiful. I look, the domain name had been purchased that month that this article in quotes came out. So I'm sure it was all fake. <laughs> and I was so sad. Yeah. I mean, we could have a whole freaking separate series. podcast series just about mm-hmm. social media and how it's freaking wild, man. But what's the, it's a journalistic phrase trust but verify Mm, i like that and like know your sources you know Mm -hmm, especially on social media where people are so prone to just be clicking the share button based on a a big headline and they might not know at all where the source of that quote-unquote news is coming from yeah social media is a computer it's an algorithm you know especially recently with like george floyd protests and all the stuff happening right now i've noticed that there are other things or articles around that maybe or around the masks for sure and like public health there are you know not necessarily fake news because it's not maybe from a news site but maybe it's from but questionable legitimacy questionable legitimacy or you know sharing oh i'm sharing this story from a friend from a friend from a friend like that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. you just never know so just like i said gird your loins be safe Trust no one. (laughs) (laughs) This has been your weekly PSA from Social Media 101 professor, Adrian. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your time today. If you liked this content and you want to hear more from us, you can find us at thinkspry.com. You can find us on social media at thinkspry in our SpySpace Facebook group where we're talking about all sorts of things going on re-social media, right? Troubleshooting, support, brainstorming, etc. So totally. You love Surprise Space? I do. I love it so much. Me too. All right. Thank you all for coming. We appreciate you. We hope you have a great day and that you keep learning. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.